Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL Across the Border Edition. Yeah. Um, we know that we're heavy in Toronto. Yeah, we the North. We've become the North now. Oh, yeah, yeah, We are the North. <laughs> play Toronto like Doug Christie. Shout out to Cam. That, yeah. was, that was a long time ago. Now you got to say, like, play Toronto like Kyle Lowry or something like that. Yeah, legend. Yeah. So um, shout out to Canada. You know, we, we've, we've been doing a lot of episodes with people from Canada. We make no secret of how much we love Toronto, how we love Montreal. We, we, we love our neighbors up north yeah for sure so um this is a dope episode because not only do we get to tap in with one of the, the brightest entrepreneurs north of the border mm-hmm. in toronto but we get to talk about some stuff mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about um yet as far as like youtube which is huge you get so many questions about it yeah so many questions yeah about entrepreneurship it. Uh, women entrepreneurship leaving the corporate world a lot of different things but YouTube is especially something that we got to double down on because we haven't spoke about that at all. Mm-hmm. So um, without further ado, Lynn Allure. So Lynn Allure is a, like I said, one of the brightest entrepreneurs in Toronto right now. She um, was actually in the corporate world yeah. for a while. Finance major. Yeah, finance major. And then um, now just a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. So she has a community where she, she helps women in, in business and um, really execute their dreams. And she's also a YouTuber. Yeah. She's huge on YouTube. We got to get on your YouTube platform. <laughs> That's a fact. She has a quarter million. Yeah, we should. She has a quarter million um, subscribers on YouTube. Yep. A bunch of videos that have gone viral, a bunch of videos with over 100,000 um, views. And uh, she's just a really dope person. So she reached out to us 
And, um, you know, we asked, I asked her if she wanted to come on the platform, if she wanted to come on the podcast, and she was like, sure. So here we are, old Canada. Oh, hey. No. hey. First that was all, a nice intro. Uh, appreciate Ooh. that. You, you got some experience, I guess. I'm telling you, this guy's good. <laughs> so first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on because honestly, this is like one of my favorite podcasts right now. I'm always telling anyone who's interested in like finance and personal development, yo, you got to listen to that Earn Your Leisure podcast. So it's kind of crazy that I'm on it right now. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for being a earner worldwide. (laughs) Appreciate that. Yeah, that's a fact. fact. So, all right, let's get into it. Like I said, I want to talk about a variety of different things, but first, I want to talk about your journey from leaving corporate America. Well, I was going to say corporate America. Corporate, <laughs> so corporate, conditioned. corporate Canada and to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. So what did that, because I know you come from, you know, African parents. And if anybody knows any African parent, they don't play that. Like, they like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah. Very You're going to be a doctor. Yeah, they're very strict. Your parents are from yeah. Ghana, Ghana, right? Yeah, shout out yeah. to, shout out to Ghana. Ghana. We, we actually gonna we gonna go to Ghana. Yeah, we, we got some some special uh, plan for Ghana. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. We had a, a guest on Kwame uh, Anku, who has some ties there, and it was like, listen, we got to bring you guys to Ghana. They need to see this. But when you come, I'm gonna host you. It's gonna be different from you traveling there. We're gonna host you. So <laughs> we are very much looking forward to that. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole plan for Ghana. We're gonna, but, uh, you gotta come with us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Perfect. Ghana's perfect. always a vibe. It's such good vibes, such good energy. Everyone's so friendly, so nice, so welcoming. You guys are gonna have a good time. All right, bet. So all right, so yeah, like I said, you you're a YouTuber and amongst other things, but what made you make the transition to, you know, working in the corporate world to actually going online and putting out content for a living? Yeah, so I started my YouTube journey about four and a half years ago. At the time, I was still in college. So it was just an outlet for me. I was like my last year of college. I thought it would be kind of fun to put out a video. And the idea of YouTube sounded fun to me too, the idea of having a YouTube channel. But um, I didn't mess with social media at all. I had no social media. I just wasn't on it. Very private. And um, I put out a video on YouTube because I thought, you know, no one's really going to find it in my real world, like none of my friends or family. So it'll just be fun, my own little outlet, little community. So I had zero expectations for it. And after my first video got like, I think 32 or 38,000 views in like the first month. But I wasn't sure if that was like good or bad because I had zero expectations. And then I got um, an email from YouTube or from Google actually saying, I need to put in my direct deposit information because I made $78. So when I get to $100, which is the threshold that um, YouTube pays you over, um, they need to find somewhere to put it into. So I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I, like, wrote in my journal, like, oh, my God, thank you, God. I made $78 (laughs) for this video. But it was still just a hobby for me. Um, It was a hobby that just so happened to make money. Um, And then... Brian started reaching out to me to do uh, sponsored videos. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is like a side hustle for me now. What was that first video about? Sorry? What was the first video about? Oh, it was a story time video. That time those were like pretty popular. You like talk about something that happened to you, what you learned from it, and what the takeaway was. It was like entertaining, but still educational and more like learn from me. It wasn't worth it. Or you could have done it this way, blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So um, then I was just doing like sponsored videos for brands. But during this entire time, I like had graduated from school. I was working full time, like a nine to five. And then I went back to university and I was still working my full time nine to five. But YouTube was a side hustle for me. So I was just doing mainly sponsored videos for the most part. Um, and then it wasn't until I graduated from university that I was able to put more time into my YouTube. And then it just started to make more sense and more dollars. I unlocked the algorithm. I unlocked like the business behind it. And it really started to make sense. So it went from a hobby that just so happens to make money sometimes to a side hustle. And then I started making really good money on it. And I'm like, mm, I could actually do this full time instead of having to go to my corporate job. So I just made that transition which it was a transition. I want to make that very known that it wasn't just one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to quit my job as an accountant and just like do YouTube full time. I like made that transition eventually. And now I do YouTube full time and my two other online businesses. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, I probably should say this at the beginning of the show, but YouTube is something that everybody is aware of, but people don't fully understand. Like it's a real business is an industry mm -hmm. and especially like a lot of kids like you know they only watch youtube and you know a lot of times people don't they don't take it serious they're just like oh you are a youtuber or you know you just making selfie videos about stuff but it's like nah people is actually out here making millions of dollars and it's a it's billion dollar industry and brands are paying millions of dollars for for people to advertise their products and promote their products and people are selling products so that's why i really wanted to talk about youtube so much because it's like i don't think people fully understand the power of youtube so just to kind of give some some background perspective on youtube it's like it's the second biggest search engine mm -hmm. um online second to google and google actually owns youtube so you know that kind of puts things they in perspective yeah. Yeah, yeah um mm -hmm. so when you when you think about youtube don't just think about it as a place that just has a bunch of random videos. Think about it as an industry. Yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar and it has some industry. Uh, very important about it is that it always gets younger. Like a lot of these platforms don't realize like, yo, how do I get a younger audience base? Well, YouTube will always have a younger audience base because a lot of kids watch YouTube. And as long as there's going to be kids watching videos, YouTube will always grow. So if you're looking for a place to start, start there because they have the they have the audience yeah and um yeah shout out to my son nasir shout out to Troy, son christian <laughs> shout out to jamal's son chase and jordan <laughs> shout out jordan too yeah they and they all watch they all watch Heavy. youtube um they don't even watch television at they don't all have no favorite shows man yeah. <laughs> so that just goes to a lot of people don't yeah. a lot of people don't even watch tv anymore it's just youtube and like netflix people just stream stuff and that's why like before when even some of my aunts and uncles right now, like you can't tell them I do YouTube full time because they'll be like, what? Why? Like, are you crazy? You went through all this school. You're an accountant and now you do YouTube. Like that sounds madness to them. But like I've made more money on YouTube than I would have made um, in my accounting career for like the next few years. Let me not say a dollar amount. <laughs> you know, the aunts and uncles might be, <laughs> might be watching. But yeah, it's, it's one of those industries that like, it's only going to grow because people don't watch the television anymore. They're not sitting down and watching commercials in between your favorite show. Before you used to sit down, watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there's going to be three commercials and you're going to sit there and watch all three. They don't do that anymore. They're on social media, they're on YouTube, they're on Netflix. So if you can't pay 
to advertise with the big the big guys you're going to go to influencers and that's more influential you're going to go to the youtube channels where they already have an audience that's cultivated and you kind of can you can gauge their target your target audience through their audience through the influencers audience so it makes more sense to go through a youtuber or an instagrammer than it does to put an ad on the television where you don't know who's going to be watching it when you got that first 78 dollars you saw like wait they actually are giving me money i mean did you come to the realization of how you were actually getting paid or did, was there a process of you having to do like some research? Like, wait, where is this money coming from? Um, I knew it was Google AdSense, but at the time I just, I was doing so many other things that I kind of didn't really care. I was like, okay, I got $78. That's cool. That's probably how YouTube works. Like AdSense revenue. I, I put out a video. I got paid. Cool. I keep it moving. But then it was when I realized that, oh, okay, it had to do with my CPM and it had to do with where I placed the ads and how many ads I placed. That's when it like a light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, okay, so I can make money on AdSense revenue and get money from brands and then put my little links in the bottom, get my affiliate links going. So that's when it, it was a process, honestly. It wasn't like things just clicked and I was like, ooh, $78, how do I turn this into 780 I was just like, okay, like, Seventy dollars is cool, yeah. but I wasn't thinking too much into it. There was a lot of verbiage there. So CPM is, is how many, uh, how many, how much you're gonna get paid per thousand listens. YouTube, obviously, how much you're gonna get paid per, per thousand views, and it can fluctuate, which is something, right. something that we have to learn. Well, the cost per milli, I, I hear a lot of people say that because it it kind of sounds, it, it makes sense that it's, but the CPM, the cost per milli, is actually not the cost per a thousand views. It's the cost per a thousand impressions on your video. So a lot of people think that though it's just a thousand your cost per thousand views, but it's the impression. So it matters how many ads you have there, and the CPM is determined by um, basically it's a good indicator to find out how much brands are willing to pay to put their ads in front of your video. So the CPM is determined by like um, I don't know if you guys want to get into this. No, we're no, we about, we about to go into it right now. Actually, that's what we do at Ernie So. This actually is perfect because, you know, the thing with, um, and shout out to Max Maxwell. I remember he was saying, like, you know, when he hit, like, 15000 a month on YouTube, and he was, like, how he looks at that is that's, like, he does real estate. So he was, like, mm -hmm. for, for me, you know, he was, like, you know, 15000 a month, that's five um, investment properties. That's how he's looking at it. Like, that's five investment properties. All you got to do is yeah. put out, all you got to do is put out content, though. You don't have to change the boiler. You don't have to cut any grass. So it's, like, YouTube, we, we, we couldn't go. We couldn't do this podcast without having an episode about YouTube because it's like one of these situations where it's it's like a joke until it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> I remember a doctor uh, I was watching, he went to like medical school and all that. And his last year in medical school, his last year as a resident, he quit to become a full-time YouTuber. And everybody was saying like, you went through all of this medical training and all that, you're going to quit to do YouTube. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And uh, he's making like a half a million dollars on YouTube. So I think it's important for people to educate. So, all right, let's break this down. Let's 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 start from the very, very beginning since you was already on the CPM. So CPM is how you get paid. Right. So. All right. Yeah. Can you explain that in detail as far as CPM? Because um, those the good thing with YouTube is that they put ads in your video. It's not like, you know, what the podcast it's a little different on the audio side. So for us, we have we have two ways how we put our content, audio and visual. The audio is through like, you know, Anchor, and that gets shipped to Spotify and um, Apple and, and all of the audio outlets. And 
Anchor kind of provides ads for us, but we always we have to try to get outside ad revenue as well. Where YouTube, we can get outside ads, but YouTube is always going to be ads there mm-hmm. because they provide ads. Now, it's different what kind of content you put out because it's a different CPM, but that's more, we'll go into that later. So yeah, so, and it's a CPM. So can you talk about CPM and kind of explain that to the people in layman terms? Yeah, so your CPM, which stands for your cost per milli, is the cost per every 1,000 impressions for every ad that's placed on or around your video. So you'll see if a video is shorter than 10 minutes, it'll only have one ad at the beginning, maybe an ad at the ending. But when a video is longer than 10 minutes, then you're able to put, you're able to place multiple ads throughout the video. So for those long skippable ads, um, as long as the viewer watches it for 30 seconds or more, that's an impression. Or those ads that you can't skip through, that's an impression. Those ads on the side of the YouTube video, if it's on there, that's an impression. The banners that show up at the bottom, if someone watches that, um, that's an impression as well. So for every 1,000 impressions you get on your video, that'll um, you that's your cost per million. That's how much you get. Co- that's how much you get paid for it. The thing about the cost per million is that it's not determined by you though. It's determined by YouTube. So it's basically how much ad payers or ad creators are willing to pay to put their ads in front of your video, in front of your audience. And it's basically an indicator to see how valuable um, marketers take your content, basically, like how valuable they perceive your content to be to help them with the business development and their business goals. Okay. So, and yeah, and that's interesting because it's like what um, we found out that depending on what type of content you put out, that determines your CPM. So like us as Absolutely. a financial channel, our CPMs are a lot higher mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it's clean content. Like, you know what I mean? It's clean business content. No so cursing. we're not cursing or anything like that. Whereas like if it's, a music, if it's, if it's a lot of cursing, they can have potentially way more subscribers, way more views, but their CPMs might be like $3. So. To give you an example, our CPMs usually range from what's the CPM price for us? Uh, our average right now is probably like thirty-five, but we had some that go up to like seventy. We've had some that are one hundred and twelve. So really, like you said, it just yeah. depends on, on the type of content and how clean it is and how many people are watching. And if it's not, so, if it's dirty Absolutely. content, I don't want to say dirty, but if it's like cursing and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. a they could demonetize it and not have yeah. any anything on it at yeah. all. So people gotta realize that. So like right. you gotta when you, when you really get into this YouTube thing, you gotta really like dive in and, and do YouTube Studio. I would recommend that highly and study the analytics. So like a lot of times, if we if you'll mm-hmm. see that that money sign is yellow, that means that yo you're not monetizing the way there's something <laughs> in your content that is causing it to not get the ad space that it's supposed to. And then another thing is like a lot of times people don't realize that they could, they don't turn on their ads. So like there's, you can put on start, you can put on in the middle, you can put on at the end, you can actually place your ads where you like. So a lot of people don't realize that and it's a gem because it's like, yo, the more ads you have, then there's more revenue. But there's right. something that we, wanna- we kind of skipped and that is like when you can start monetizing, right? Like there's a certain amount of users you have to have and a certain amount of uh, uh, views you have to have, right? Is it like a thousand? For, for the users yeah a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours they've changed it now it wasn't like that just a couple years ago but they've changed it and now you need a thousand subscribers four thousand watch hours before you can even start monetizing your platform okay all right so now it's all right so now and that's important too with the 10 minute thing shout out to mike he actually put us on to that um he watched the video and on youtube mm-hmm. and it showed him that um <laughs> 
Yeah, the key with the clips, like even a lot of the micro clips that we put out from our episodes, they're always, if you notice, they're always longer than 10 minutes or like at 10 minutes because then you could put multiple ads in. If it's anything lower than 10 minutes, then you can only put one ad in. So it makes a big difference if you have three ads in a video as opposed to having one ad in a video. Yeah, and also to touch upon um, what determines the CPM, it's not necessarily only when the content is um, clean, but that definitely is a big indicator. Like if you're swearing, cussing, you're talking about some vulgar stuff, that's probably going to get demonetized. So it's not even an option of having a low CPM. But um, there are certain niches that have higher CPMs than others. So you guys have a high CPM um, because of the topics that you talk about. So some of those topics are like real estate, luxury things so like luxury real estate luxury cars is a big one as well um gaming is big as well but it depends like what niche in gaming i'm not a gamer so i wouldn't be able to like yeah. indicate too deep but um finances business credit um just basically oh amazon fba that's another one so it depends on how much the uh the advertiser is willing to pay they're not willing to pay to put their videos in front of like pranks and like couple channels. So when you're smaller, you're not going to see a big CPM for that. But what, then what once about, you become, what, what, what once about you start, makeup? What about makeup tutorial? Cause that's very big for women. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about makeup? So the CPM on that isn't necessarily high until you start ranking. So like for prank channels, family channels, um, makeup channels, because it's a, a it's a kind of saturated, uh, industry, I guess, but, it's very popular. So once you start ranking and you have a very loyal customer, not customer base, audience, then the marketers are like, okay, I would pay more to put my video, more put my ads in front of their videos and stuff. So it depends on how large your channel is. When you're first starting out and it's a like beauty channel, channel, uh, prank channel, you're not really going to see large CPMs because there are so many people doing that and advertisers aren't necessarily willing to pay for content like that in the beginning when you're just starting out. Okay. All right. So now let's go to the actual content because that's i guess that's the most important thing right so like you your personal so our content is financial i guess that's the hardest thing like people want to start all right you, you want to become a youtuber yeah. you you're on your journey to become a youtuber right the first thing is like what do you want to talk about so we talk about financial stuff because we have financial podcast so that's easy how did you find your niche to talk about and how do you rec what do you recommend for people as far as finding their niche, as far as the content that they're putting out? So I would say the easiest thing is to do something that you feel comfortable with, something that you're confident in as well, because if you're not confident in what you're talking about, it's gonna show, it's gonna come off on camera, people are gonna be able to detect that. So make sure whatever topic you decide to go into, you're comfortable and confident about that topic. But then also your audience is going to let you know what they want to see more of. So before you even start your channel, I would say write out a whole list of titles of things you want to talk about pertaining to that. Okay, you want to start a beauty channel. That's cool. But write out 50 videos that you can do that's relating to beauty that people want to see. Um, if you can't come up with 50, it's probably a topic that you're not that interested in and you're not that confident in. Then you should probably try and find something else that you you are actually interested in. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not putting out a prank video. I'm not putting out vacations with the kids. I'm not putting out how to cut hair. It's just it's, it'll be all over the place. I do those things, but it just be all over the place. Right. 
yeah, no, you want to choose a topic and then try to find videos that surround that that have to do with that topic and don't make it too wide of a range. Like, especially in the very beginning, nobody knows who you are and they don't want to see every single component of your life because unfortunately, like you're not that relevant to them. So they, it's nice that you have kids. It's nice that you, you know, like to shape up your beard and stuff. But like someone who comes on your channel and they want to see uh, you hanging out with your kids, they're probably a dad with kids too. And they relate to that. But they might not have the same, you know, grooming procedures that you do. They don't want to see the video, the next video to be you grooming yourself. Like it's not relevant to them. So you kind of have to keep a consistent theme because it confuses your audience. It confuses your subscriber. They come to your channel. They see one video that's pertaining to your family life and your kids. Then they go look for another video that has to do with that and there's nothing else. Or maybe there's only one and it's the one that they just watched. They're like, okay, this is what this was nice. This was cool. He's a nice guy. And they keep it moving. But you have to have consistency in all of your videos. All right. There you have it. That's the that's the basics. So the next time we're gonna go into how to really pop off and become viral. You gotta yeah. become viral <laughs> these days for sure. And uh, you know, just some more hacks and, and useful tips about, you know, getting popping online. So, yeah, we're going to that next. All right. Um, so, yeah, and this is, once again, I want to reiterate why YouTube is so important because um, for business owners as well, not just for people that want to become full-time um, YouTubers. Like, we talk about social media a lot, like, as far as, like, it's a great way to push your brand. But for entrepreneurs, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening on your leisure. YouTube is extremely important to um, push your brand and, um, you know, get the brand awareness out there. So. Yeah. Even if you don't plan on being a full-time YouTuber, you can still use YouTube. It's just like any other social network. There's yeah. a lot of it's millions and hundreds of millions of people on YouTube. So to not be on YouTube as a business owner is kind of like not being on Instagram. Yeah, and something we learned. Like we didn't start with a YouTube channel. Like we didn't start it till April. Everybody knows that the podcast itself started in January. But we learned like, yo, we have to grow the audience. This is a great way. This is a platform. We knew that all our kids watched it. We knew we had to be on it. So we made a concerted effort to say, look, this is where we're going. Yeah, and it's, it's helped out a lot. Like, if we just did audio, we would be nowhere near where we are now because we, we don't have the same reach that we would have if we do YouTube. And, and it's a lot of other things that we do exclusively for YouTube that we'll talk about. But, all right. So as far as getting on YouTube, because it's like anything, right? Like, same thing with social media, Instagram. When you start with zero, and it's like, how do I grow it to 250,000 subscribers? So... Yeah, viral. Shout out to Drake. Viral movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Drake, Fabio Foreign, and uh, Sosa Geek. I think that's his name. That's his song, man. That's my favorite song right now. <laughs> um, so you, your first video, you have no subscribers, and you have 32,000 views on that video in a, in a month. That's a lot. That's a lot of views. How did how? How did you mm -hmm. do that? How did you do that? So YouTube has little pockets, little niches, little communities. So what I did was I found videos that uh, look like my type of content. I would search. So my first video was a story time. What I did was I searched uh, story time and then I filtered the results by upload date. And that puts the newest uploads at the top. So then I searched for videos that kind of looked like they were in my neighborhood on YouTube, my community on YouTube. And then I would comment on their videos like uh I could totally relate, da, da, da. I made a video similar to that. It wasn't very spammy, like, hey, check me out, I just started a channel, but it was like, it was a comment letting people know that like, I did also upload something similar. So from that, 
what that does is it puts your comment there and everyone does it where they're watching a video and they kind of scroll to see what the comments say. And so if you're comment is there and there you're one of the only comments there even if that video is only going to get a thousand views there's a good chance that a portion of those views are going to see your comment and from those views to your comment they're going to see your channel and maybe they're going to either subscribe or engage with your content somehow so that was one thing that i did to grow um my first video and how it got so many views i was commenting a lot and then now as I've grown, I don't really get an opportunity to watch people's videos and make relevant comments as much, but um, I'll watch my videos on incognito and see what shows up that's similar to my channel and how I can put my spin on it and do it better. Because when I watch it on incognito, there's no bias there. There's no other channel explain, history. Can you, can you explain that incognito? Yeah, so incognito is just browsing in private mode. So on um, Google Chrome, it's called incognito and in Safari, it's called private browser. But what that does is it doesn't warp the um, search information. So there's no bias. When you watch a video and you're signed into your profile, YouTube is recommending videos for you based off of everything that you've ever watched on your profile. That's why you'll watch like one cleaning video, you'll go back to your homepage and there's like four other cleaning videos recommended to you. And it over time, it builds up a profile for you and a portfolio for you. And it changes your recommendations based off of stuff that you've already searched and stuff that you've already watched. So when I watch my videos on incognito, what that does is it allows me to see what um, YouTube associates my channel with and what kind of content YouTube kind of places my videos in, what kind of neighborhood on YouTube my videos are in. And that kind of gives me more of an idea of um, the type of people who watch my video and what they're interested in more, along with, of course, my analytics. I do watch my analytics and see what my audience likes more of. I listen to the comments, but that's one way that I get to see what YouTube, what the YouTube algorithm associates my channel with. So th from there, I'll get an idea. I'll put my spin on it, my flip on it, and I'll do it myself. And then it usually does good when I when I choose a video like that. Okay, algorithm. Can you talk about that? The YouTube algorithm. Yeah. So the YouTube algorithm, because it's a business, right? YouTube, um, they're just interested mainly in like watch time and dollars. So they tend to push videos that have. Um, high CPMs, so YouTube's that, videos that get them more money and then high watch times as well and high engagement. Because what YouTube wants ultimately is watch time and they want their viewers to stay on their channel or on their platform. Because if you're not on YouTube, you're on something else. You're on Hulu, Netflix, maybe Instagram. You're like on another platform. So what they want is watch time and engagement. So if you upload a video and in the first few minutes or first few hours, I should say, it's doing well, the algorithm is most likely going to push you some more. So that's kind of like um, a tip behind your algorithm. Like in the first hour, you should probably be commenting back to comments and stuff like that and trying to boost up that engagement within the first hour. Can, can we talk about your, your viral video? Uh, you know, you, you, one, of the Which things, one? one of the things you said is like not to chase trends. But you kind of did with the, the dad makeup oh. voiceover. Uh, can you talk about the benefits yes. of actually chasing that trend and some of the things that didn't work that you learned from that? Yeah, okay. So that video at the time, um, it was like a makeup trend that was going around. And a lot of people were doing like, um, my boyfriend does my makeup, my voiceover. And my dad, I thought it would be so funny if my dad did my voiceover because he's always like 
cracking jokes on me. He's always making fun of me. So he did it. It was funny. It was cool. And the video did really well. It was like on different social media platforms. I don't have a Twitter. So it was like all over Twitter, all over Facebook. I didn't have a Facebook either. Um, and it did go viral and it got a lot of views. It did make a lot of money because um, I ended up selling it to uh, there was a media company that pitches to the Ellen show and they bought that video off of me. They bought the rights for that video off of me. So I don't own that video anymore, but I still get the AdSense revenue from that video. But um, I would say that the the game there was the money behind it. And it was a funny like joke. Like me and my dad still laugh about that video to this day. But what I learned is that when you do videos just because it's trendy, but it has nothing to do with what your channel is about, it doesn't necessarily grow your channel or your subscribers. So that video, I got like 2.2, thousand subscribers i believe says my analytics but um it has like eight hundred thousand views so that's not a very good conversion like views versus people who subscribe so it ultimately didn't grow my channel and i learned that if you're gonna hop on a trend it needs to pertain to what your channel is about because i was not a makeup channel my dad wasn't on my channel my channel wasn't like a comedy channel either. So it wasn't great for the overall growth of my channel, but it was um, a learning experience, I would say. Yeah, that, that when, I, when I heard that story, I'm like, yo, I, I've never thought about that when people actually buy your content from you. What was that experience like? That was the first time you've done it? Yeah, that was my first time I had done it. It was just I was getting a lot of, um, you know, those... I think they're like social media sites where they just have a bunch of viral videos and you'll see a viral video over and over, but it'll have different logos in the corner. So at the time I was getting a lot of questions from uh, different media sources asking if they can post it on their Facebook group. They're like, oh, we have like 6 million uh, followers on our Facebook. We're going to post it and we'll credit you. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, sure. Just put my link in the description. Go for it. But then um, someone had asked me, like, have you sold it already? And I was like, sold it? To who? That doesn't make no sense. And then I got another uh, inquiry around the same time um, that the first one came in and it was like, oh, well, we're willing to buy it. So then I went back to the first person. I was like, um, no, I haven't sold it yet, but, you know, I have some inquiries. I said some, like <laughs> there, there was more than one. But I was like, yeah, we have some inquiries. So I haven't sold it yet. So they came with their proposal. And then I told the other person like, oh, um, another media company is willing to buy for this much. So then the second one ended up uh, having a better better price and i just sold it to them but the funny thing was that that all of that happened like a year and a half maybe two years after i'd already posted that video so it was weird because the traffic had already died down on that video like i had already made my youtube adsense money on that video and it was like dying down so i guess some other media outlet picked it up and then it went viral and like it was kind of a different community really it wasn't like another EYL alumni he had a post on Instagram a few days ago and he was like a lot of viral videos don't go viral for like two to three years or even five years after it actually mm. comes out whether it's social media or so you never know it's like don't give up on content because you might think ah oh, this just flopped even Mickey Facts we had him on shout out to Mickey Facts and he had a, a video that went viral on Instagram when he was rapping um for flex about financial literacy and he was like when he first put it out it didn't really get traction mm -hmm. and then out the blue like earlier this year it just started blowing up on like a lot of black financial literacy pages just so you never know um uh, but i want to yeah. ask you about that video because you, you put that on youtube and i saw it 
And um, we mm-hmm. did a show like the, the, the um, clip of it, of the analytics. So on the clip, I actually mm-hmm. saw the um, ascent, ascent revenue that you made was like $68,000 from that. It's on there. Right. It's on your page. So. Um, <laughs> like I'm not exposing private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of what we do. So is that is that something like is that is that like something like all right? So you made sixty eight thousand on a video that that had like how many views did it had? Nine hundred thousand. Eight hundred. Yeah, it was like So that's like typical for some, like a, a million. Obviously, it depends on CPM and all of that. But like, what was the CPM for that video? Ooh, I'm not sure what the CPM was on that video actually, but. Um, that was over the lifetime. So that was when I posted it. I think, was that 2017, I think I posted that, or maybe 2018, but it was over the lifetime. So from the moment I posted it to the current like day that I screenshotted it. So over time, yeah, that's how much it made. Um, I think it was because of the timing too, because I posted it closer to the holidays. And when it did go viral, it was during the holidays when AdSense revenue is the highest. But um, yeah, once it starts gaining a lot of traction and it starts going higher. I noticed that the CPM starts jumping higher and higher. And so that's why I ended up um, doing so well. But I've noticed that it doesn't necessarily matter what your subscriber count is or even what your, um, your channel size is or anything like that. Because uh, some people, they'll post a video on like how much they made on YouTube. And I appreciate the transparency. I respect it, honestly, because someone had posted how much she makes. And I think she has like 1.4 million subscribers. And she had said that she makes like on average about $4,000 a month. I was like, this don't make sense. Because when that video went viral and I was making a lot of money off of it, I I wasn't even at 20,000, I don't think. Like my channel was pretty small. So it doesn't necessarily matter what like your subscriber count is. All of that's predetermined by YouTube. And I try to tell people um, when they're thinking about making that transition from being an employee to being your own boss full time and like you're using money from YouTube to try and like forecast your budget. I always tell people like you don't really have control over the CPM because it's kind of like you're putting out a product. You don't know how many people are going to buy it and you don't know what you're going to sell it for either. You're just putting out a product and whatever money you get, you get and it's not like you can go back to YouTube and sit and go tell them like, um, actually, you guys told me that I only had 5,000 impressions on the ads this month, but I went and asked my viewers and they told me actually they all watched it. Like you can't go back and dispute it with YouTube. If they tell you that's how much you're making, that's how much you're making. So I wouldn't know why it made so high, but it did and I appreciated it and I took it. But I always take AdSense revenue as a bonus. So... I, I don't rely on AdSense revenue because that just puts you in a very vulnerable place with your finances. And I don't know about anybody else, but I don't like being vulnerable with my finances. With my finances. I like to be very calculated and very like precise. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a toss up. You don't know why it made so much and what the reason is. Yeah, it's spoken like a true accountant. My, my, my next thing is uh, <laughs> the importance of consistency, right? Because after you went viral, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna live off this this one video for the rest of my life. You you, you started to put out more content that was more themed, right? You wanna talk about that? Yeah, so after that first video, actually, I was still, it was still a side hustle for me because my main priority was always uh, 
finishing with uni and like my nine to five career. So it was still a side hustle. I think after that video, I still was putting out, I wasn't very calculated with my videos. Um, it wasn't until recently, like once I graduated from uni and I was paying more attention to my videos that I was more calculated and I was more consistent with the theme, but also like as time goes on, I think when I first started, I was like 21 ish. So like my interest at 21 is different from my interest now. So as time went on, I just started making videos that made more sense to me and what I was more interested in, more confident in. So once I started making more self-improvement videos, personal finances, personal development, entrepreneur type videos, that's when I really started to understand the importance of having like a theme throughout videos. And that's why I always try to tell people like, if I had known now what I knew back then, I would have definitely themed down, niche down on my content. And I wouldn't have been creating content from like all over the place. It would have been um, some sort of consistent theme throughout. So now when I'm creating content, it's mainly, um, it has to do with money of some sort, personal development, um, just overall becoming a better version of you. So that's the consistent theme that's throughout all my videos that I try to portray in every single video. It's about something personal development related. So if you, if you, um, if you take the ads off a video yourself for whatever reason, like let's say you don't want ads on one video, that's going to hurt the chances of, of YouTube pushing it probably because they don't get paid either or um, I would say that they don't really have an incentive to push it. They might, but they don't really have an incentive to. So you could take it off if you wanted to, but also like, why, why would you want to do that? No, because sometimes <laughs> you might put a video out and the ads that are on the video might be competition for the actual video. Um, like, you know what I'm saying? So, so and yeah. I noticed that with YouTube, like something, like they'll run ads in a video mm -hmm. That is like, especially like if you're trying to sell something or if you have a product or something and it's like now you got, you're, you're actually running an ad for somebody else that's yeah. doing the same exact thing that you're talking about in the video. Right. Unbeknownst to you. Like, right. But to the viewer, that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that that could happen, but um, mainly people like they buy from people. So if they're watching their video, they're most likely going to buy from you anyways. But yeah, you could take the video, the ads off if you wanted to. And then, um, your own, like your subscribers watch it. And if it picks up, it picks up. But I find that they have more of an incentive YouTube as a business to push videos that are going to make them more money. And also videos that have longer watch times that keep people on their platform. Because at the end of the day, like the, um, CPM is split. Like the amount of money you get is after YouTube gets their cut. So if you're making more money, that means they're making more money. Okay. So, so, um, so, all right. As far as like revenue, and I want, I'm glad you said that you don't rely on that because there's more ways to make money off of YouTube than just ads. That's just like the, the first layer. But YouTube is, a, it's just like any other thing. It's a platform where you reach a bunch of people. So through that, you can do right. you know, brand partnerships. You can promote your own products. Um, you can do a variety of different things. So how are some other revenue streams that like you personally utilize or you see other YouTube YouTubers utilize outside of just regular ads that YouTube provides? Yeah, so I definitely make sure that I have enough revenue and income coming in from other places because like I said, it's a toss up. And although I can depend on the money coming in and like it's pretty consistent. There's a theme throughout. Um, you can't rely on it because at any moment, YouTube can come back tomorrow and say like, hey, um, everyone under a million, y'all don't get paid no more until you reach a million subscribers, figure it out. They 
probably won't because that's a little wild on their end, but they have the option to do that. So I make sure that I'm making money from other places. Um, for me, I have my affiliate links that I put in the description bar. I have my um, brand sponsorships, which is when a brand reaches out to you and asks you to promote their product or their brand for a fee. And then I also use YouTube to drive traffic to my two other online businesses, which is um, my hair extension company and my um, business society company. You know, you said something just now um, as far as the description, like you put the links in the description. I think people overlook that and don't really understand the importance of the description. I know you have a little like tidbit. You said like you don't put a link within the first three lines or something like that. Can, can you go into detail about that? Yeah. Yeah. So once again, because it's YouTube's platform and not yours, they have the discretion to push videos that to not push videos that are sending traffic to other external sites. So when the um, your first three lines above the fold have a link to an external website, they're less inclined to push the video. This is what I was told from like a YouTube insider. I don't know how true that is to this day or if um, YouTube has changed that because I do have like two videos that have done pretty well and they have a link on the top um, the top fold, but I was told this from an insider, so I try to avoid it if I can. It doesn't really make a difference for me to put the links just a little bit lower. So I tend to do that so that it doesn't kind of like throw the algorithm off or whatnot. So, yeah, that's something that, that people don't fully understand. So many different things with YouTube. It's like, it says you can just have like a three hour situation about that. But I wanted to ask you before we go to the next thing vlog. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people are doing vlogs. And even us for Unleashed, some people say like we should do vlogs and things of that nature, like a video blog, like just a day in the life. So, how do you do you think mm -hmm. that's a good idea for like people that have like, if they're putting out consistent content? Because some people say like the blog allows you to people to see like the personal side of you and it touches right. on different things and it's like a it's like a your own reality show kind of so what's your thoughts on vlogs so i think vlogs are a good idea if you're trying to be a vlogger or if you've already established an audience because ultimately this generation we like solution-based content that's what everybody's after right now you're after me everybody like when you watch a video you're trying to gauge something from it right so um if you're making content that is even like family vloggers, you know, when people watch that, they feel like they're a part of the family. That's the value that you're getting from it. For people who do hair tutorials, that's the value. You're teaching people how to do their hair. Makeup tutorials, you're teaching them how to do makeup. But like, you don't have to be teaching anything if you're providing some sort of value. Um, if you are a, you do comedy skits, that's the value that you provide there. Your people are coming to your videos for comedic relief. And if you're vlogging, you're trying to make people feel a sense of belonging and like they're a part of whatever it is that you've got going on. So like with couples channels or even family channels, you might watch an episode and you're like, oh, but what was this? Like, what was the reason? But to somebody else, they're very committed. And those channels tend to have very loyal audiences, too, because they, they're invested in that relationship. They're invested in that family, and they feel like they're a part of the family, a, a friend to the couple. So if you're vlogging um, and you already have an audience, it kind of makes your audience feel like they're a part of what you're doing already. Like, they watch your podcast. They see you guys do all these cool things. You guys... Um, are pretty stand-up guys so they want to know what is the behind the scenes and what does that look like and that's the value that you provide there because you've already kind of 
built up your audience. But when you're just coming straight up at the bat and no one really knows who you are, if you're going to be a blogger, stick to that because then people are going to be invested in you and your life and you're a lifestyle blogger. But if you're going to be doing like couple prank, couple challenge, couple this, couple that, couple, 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 and then all of a sudden you're doing vlogs on your own and you're like, hey guys, so I'm out with the boys. Yeah, it's Friday night. People are going to be like, I didn't sign up for this. I don't care about what you're doing with the boys. Like, where's your girl at? That's what we're trying to watch because they feel like they're part of a couple. So if you're trying to be a lifestyle vlogger, just stay consistent and stick to that. Um, but if you've already built up an audience and you're trying to do vlogging, it's more so behind the scene and that's the value that people are getting from that. They want to see like, what is what do you guys do behind this big empire that you built? Oh, EYL story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that was a lot. In the last segment, we're going to talk about um, your other businesses that you have, the hair extension. I'm interested to know about that. And then also um, your society that you yeah. have. Uh, Good girl going entrepreneur. boss. Yeah, entrepreneur. Hey. Tracks. So hey, friends. Hey, friends. Let's do it. Go to that next. All right, so in the last segment, I want to talk about a few different things, but this is another thing that we haven't talked about yet, and I know we have a lot of um, women that listen to EYL. So you have a hair extension company. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so my hair extension company is Trophy Life Hair Extensions. So it's basically for the everyday boss babe looking on work, working towards maintaining or attaining their best trophy life. So I started that when I was in university, um, I started with less than $100. I did make a video on that. That video did pretty well as well. But I basically talked about the ins and outs of how I started, um, how I got the online presence going, and how I've been able to drive traffic using affiliate marketing with that. So that's been doing pretty well as well. It's my little online baby. Is that something you were naturally doing, like you were using these products and people kept asking you, or is it just something that you kind of wanted to do all along? Yeah, so what happened was I was doing a lot of brand deals um, for YouTube for hair companies, which I did want to talk a little bit about as well, because that's something that I always try to tell creators when it comes to like um, reaching out or like working with brands and stuff. But I was working with a lot of these hair extension companies and I just was like not really feeling their like customer service or like just the fact that they would kind of sell anything like they would sell me good quality extensions and then sell whatever to the customers so i just ended up starting my own and i was already interested in hair extensions it's something that i wear and i was interested in and i was familiar with so it was pretty easy for me to start it because i knew what the target audience would look like and what they what they like because it was basically me so do you do you have like is, is it your own hair extensions or just like strictly affiliates for other companies? No, it's my own hair extension company, um, and then I use uh, affiliate marketing to promote my. I don't really spend much dollars for marketing, um, but I use affiliate codes. Oh, the affiliates for other people that's promoting your your product. Yeah, exactly. Why is that? Why? What's your? Let's talk about that. Um, why have you chose to go that route as far as marketing affiliate? If anybody's not familiar, affiliates is when you give somebody a percentage and they're actually promoting your product, and then every product that they sell, they get a percentage off of that product that's sold. So, um, why have you found that to be something that you really um, have doubled down on as far as instead of like just marketing? Other ways? So when I 
first started, um, that was the best way for me to do it because I, I didn't know how else to promote it. Um, I didn't have a budget to pay influencers to wear the hair. So I was like, I'm not going to send you hair, but if you promote it and you make money, uh, you'll get money too. It's actually a little bit better because you don't got to buy the hair. You don't have to make a wig. You don't have to make any type of con or any sort of content. Just promote it and you'll make money like indefinitely. So long as your code's making money, you're making money. So it's passive income for you. So I pitched it like that and then it ended up being pretty lucrative and I stuck to it. So one of the, um, one of my largest affiliates, he's a man and he runs like a black love page. So um, a lot of his audience is black women. So he promotes it on his page and it, it gets traffic. And he makes money off of it. I make money off of it. And I don't have to uh, pay influencers for it. But as it grows, I probably will get into influencer marketing. But um, that just ended up working out for me. So that's what I ended up sticking with. Yeah, I think I think that's important. Because yeah. it's like a lot of times you try to keep 100% of the profits and you're, you're losing a big portion of people that you can't reach. And it's like these people are customers that you wouldn't have had. Yeah. So yeah. even if you keep it 50%, that 50% is, is 50% that you would have never had because the people that um, are coming in are coming in off the strength of somebody else's yeah. platform. 50% of something yeah. is better than 100% of nothing. You got to never forget yeah. that. Never forget that. But it's also pretty tricky. Like you have to do your research when it comes to influencer marketing because it's not cheap to uh, promote with influencers and you have to make sure that you're going to get a return on your investment. But um, the thing is, not a lot of people are too transparent with their, uh, their conversions, right? And even if they do get a lot of traffic, an audience is different from potential clients. So although they might have a lot of likes, a lot of claps, doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have a lot of people who are willing to purchase off of the strengths of someone else's influence. So kind of have to do your research. Sometimes it's going to be a hit and a miss or sometimes it's actually lucrative and you hit a big jackpot, but it's, it's all research. So you have a brand partnership and maybe you don't anymore, but pretty little thing and fashion over. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. How'd that I, come about? Um, so I, my first video I did with, Fashion Nova. At the time, I think I had like 10,000 subscribers. So I ended up doing it with them for free, my first brand partnership with them. Because at the time, I, I like never shopped at uh, Fashion Nova before. Um, I, I still haven't ever shopped at Fashion Nova, like with my own money. Uh, but I wanted to try out their clothes and my channel was smaller. So I ended up doing it for them for free. And then as my channel grew, I set out my fee and they weren't able, well, initially they were able to meet it. So we were doing a few videos um, with my fee. And as I grew some more and my fee grew, they were like, nah, we don't have the budget. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna work with you anymore. <laughs> so I don't work with them anymore. I still work with pretty little thing though. Um, but basically they reached out to me and that's how that happened. Yeah, we spoke about Fashion Over in the early, early podcast. Second like episode. Yeah, that's one of their things that they really did to blow up. And that was really like a, a real genius thing on their part is that they they took a lot of micro-influencers. And yeah. um, a lot of them didn't even get paid at all. They just got to wear the, the product. And they made it kind of like in, like a badge of honor. Like, oh, you get to have a Fashion Over thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, they paid right. a little bit. As opposed to just dumping all of your budget on one influencer and just hoping that works. It's like, don't don't forget the micro influence. And that's important too for people in business. Like somebody has 5,000, 10,000, you know, 15,000 followers. Like that's, you know, 15,000 people. It's, it's not Jennifer Lopez, but 
you know, a lot of those equal Jennifer Lopez mm-hmm. in that fashion over. They did it probably the best. That's going to cost you a lot less. Yeah, as far as their marketing campaign, and they had millions of, of micro-influencers wearing their products, and now they're, you know, nine-figure company. Real big. Yeah. But a lot of micro-influencers, I think they underestimate the um, the importance of their audience and the importance of their platform. So they're willing to take on the the partnerships for free. Like I did my first one for free because I'm like, oh, okay, I I mean, I have 10,000 subscribers. Like it's not a lot. They're probably not going to make enough money off of my videos anyways. But it wasn't until I started using Magic Links that I was able to kind of see how much I'm making these companies when they um, when I partner with them. And once I saw that, I was like, yeah, my prices are going up and I'm never doing any pay or any sponsorship for free um, for these companies. Because like, I'll have girls reach out to me and they have like 200,000 um, followers on Instagram and stuff. And they're like, ah, I'm looking for ways to... Um, monetize my platform like how do i do this and i'm like you're doing all these paid promotions and all this advertisement for free it's not right it doesn't make sense and i think a lot of creatives have a hard time putting a a monetary value on what they do because they're like well i would do this for free anyways it's fun and it's like that's great and i'm really happy for you that you would do this for fun but it comes a time you need to take off your creative hat and put on your business hat and recognize that you need to be compensated for the amount of effort that you put into your videos because YouTube's actually a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. So to just do it for free because, you know, you would do it for free doesn't mean that you should do it for free. So what did you say, Magic Link? Yeah, so I use Magic Links um, to see how many people buy. Is it a website or app? It's it's a website. They might have an app, but I use it on desktop and it basically lets you know how many people have bought your product and um, how much they've spent. So based off of your ad, basically, um, let's say Pretty Little Thing sends me something and I leave the link in the description bar to what it is that I'm wearing or the, in the try on haul. I put it in the description bar, someone clicks it and off of that click, they buy it, then Magic Flames will let me know that this is how much um, they paid or this is how much they spent with Pretty Little Things. So maybe they only bought one shirt. I only advertised one shirt, but they ended up buying like $600 worth of product. So that lets me know that off of my ad, okay, at least one person spent $600 based off of this uh, one video, but it's always way more than just one person. And they most often don't just buy that one thing. They buy multiple things. And then also Magic Links gives you a percentage as well. You get a commission off of every um, every purchase that's made. So you get your payment from, you get your brand deal payment, you get your AdSense payment, and then you also get payment from the Magic Links commission. Wow, checks. So how, how much money did you find out that you was making Fashion Over? Um, well, Fashion Over isn't on Magic Links, but... In comparison with, because that's another thing with Magic Links, it's only for certain websites and certain um, retailers. So they're not on Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova isn't on Magic Links, but at the same time I was doing Fashion Nova, I also was doing Pretty Little Things. So I was able to kind of gauge and get an understanding. I'm like, okay, this is probably a ballpark around how much I'm making Fashion Nova based off of what I was making on Pretty Little Things. Okay. 
Yeah, speaking of platforms, let, let, let's talk oh, about... Oh, I don't even think I answered that. It was a few thousand oh, okay. per, per video, <laughs> okay. but in the five-figure range. Five figures? Mm-hmm. Take that. So let, let, let's talk about platforms and let, let's get into good girl going boss society. Can you tell us what this is all yeah. about? What, what's going on with this? Yeah, so it's a personal development and business support members only society. So it's basically going to be three components. It's community. It's also um, resources and tools, and then it's education. So it's there's going to be live webinars and Q&As and workshops with industry professionals across different um, industries to help people develop in their business and also develop personally as well. It's something that um, since I started YouTube, I've kind of been um, getting requests to do. But as of lately, when I really started making the... Um, more personal development type content. I've gotten a lot of questions to do and requests to do. And initially I was so scared to do it. I'm like, that's so much responsibility. I don't want to take that on. But, um, you know, I thought about it, prayed about it, did my research and through research and, you know, educating yourself, I was more confident in what it is that I could provide. And I'm really confident in the value that it's going to provide because I understand the value of having a community when you're trying to do something. Um, You always, that is like, you can't even put a dollar amount on like having people around you who are doing the same thing. When I first started and I was making money online, all my friends were not checking for it. No one was checking for it. Um, My family definitely was not checking for it. They thought like, why you keep playing on this internet? You're so annoying. So having other people who understand, you know, where you're trying to go is so beneficial. So now that, you know, I'm making money and I'm making certain moves financially for myself, I bought my house at 25. People are like, how you bought a house at 25 and you just like graduated from school not so long ago? I'm like, the internet. I was making money on the internet, people. Like now they're trying to listen and now they're trying to pay attention. So it's so important to have people who understand where you're trying to go and you can bounce ideas off of them. You can refer to them for um, advice and just community. There's like, so much benefit and value in that. No, it's extremely important. And we see that with EYL University. That's our online educational platform. And like our mm-hmm. private real estate group is crazy because it's like it's turned into just a uh, just everything, a discussion board. And people go on there on Facebook and they talk about stocks. They talk about different, um, you know, they ask questions like, hey, I'm trying to get my house remodeled. Do you know any construction? Right, and then right. it's just like, so it's just turned right. into like, and, and um, that's extremely important as far as that building that community. And especially if, you, if, you, if you're trying to figure things out on yourself by yourself, a lot of times you're going to fail because even if you have all the information, you don't have the support. So the okay. online community is extremely, extremely dope. So is this going to be for only women or? Well, we're open to all genders and I say all. Um, and then all ethnicities. It's a very diverse group, but predominantly my audience is a lot of females. So there are going to be like more females than men, but it's definitely open to everyone, all genders. And this is going to be for somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur, somebody that wants to make money online, somebody just a variety of different women or people in general. Yeah. So it's just like-minded, ambitious people with entrepreneurial mindsets. So specifically for those who are trying to make that transition from being an employee to being your own boss full-time or just trying to start a side hustle, because I always say side hustles are not only for the people who are trying to quit their job, it's for the people whose jobs might be quitting them. And we know in this economy that nothing's certain. So it's just people who are looking to um, create design 
plan and execute their dream life um, using the internet specifically and using social media to make more money, using marketing tactics to make more money, also just to develop personally on a personal level. So it's just for people who are entrepreneurial minded, ambitious, and it's a place for them to for us all actually to connect and to um, grow your businesses and grow as individuals as well. Yeah, and I appreciate it because I believe we have an EYL discount um, only for for EYL community. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put the mm-hmm. link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or Apple or Spotify. And it'll also be on our website at our alumni tab, EYL alumni. So yeah, that's going to be an exclusive discount um, that you can only get through the yeah, EYL. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we, sure. we're not putting it out unless we get a discount. Yeah, sure. <laughs> got to make sure that the EYL community always gets a little perk that nobody else gets. So I appreciate you for doing that um, for sure. So what's what's next for you? Like what what, what do you have in the pipeline other than, I mean, we talked about, you know, the community that you're building. Um, What what do you have on your vision board for 21, 22, 23? Jeez. Well, hopefully this COVID is over so I can actually get things done because I did want to do some in-person, you know, boss brunches and stuff, some more in-person connecting. But due to COVID, that's not a reality right now. But as far as YouTube goes, just continuing to grow my community and then on a business level, growing the extension company and definitely been putting a lot of hands on effort onto the Good Girls Gone Boss Society. That's my little baby there and it's a big responsibility as well. So um, growing that and just strengthening the processes because this is all very, um, it's demanding and it grows very quickly as well. So just making sure that my processes are A1 and just airtight. So just growing at a slow and steady pace, going the long haul, not the, the fast haul. Yeah, I know YouTube makes you a, a worldwide entity, right? But what's the support like in Toronto? Like that's something that we're interested in when we come in there is to see people that are doing things, entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things. What's the support like been in Toronto? And is a lot of your community based there? I know you do the one-on-one consulting. What's, what is it like? Yeah, I didn't even realize because my analytics tell me that most of my audience is in the States. Like my largest cities are New York, Texas, Houston, and yeah, New York, New York, Texas, and Dallas, I think. Oh, and Atlanta. So I thought that my, like most of my audience is in the States, but Recently, I've been finding more and more people in Toronto who are like, yo, I love your stuff. Da, da, da. But no, Toronto's been super supportive. Like the people who watch my channel in Toronto um, and people I've connected with as well. And that's one thing about YouTube. Like if like business aside and the fact that it's an outlet aside, it's also such a great networking tool like it's been able to allow it's allowed me to network if nothing else that's been a beautiful blessing so social media is one of those things like you can use it to your detriment where you can use it to your advantage so i've been able to connect with amazing people that i probably would have never ran into in person using social media or they stumbled upon my youtube channel and things like that so yeah it's been really great toronto's just I love, I love, love, love the city. Yeah, yeah. So do we. Shout out to Toronto. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to come up there for sure, and we're going to have, have a, a big event up there. We're going to do a networking event. We're going to do a live podcast. We're going to do a workshop, and we're going to have a bunch of people from Toronto that's actually going to be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, whenever this COVID-19 madness is over with, 
Toronto. We have not forgotten about you guys. We're going to come up there and hopefully you can join us when we're up there. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. And I think Toronto would really enjoy your um, content. For those who don't already, who haven't already been put on to your content, I think they would absolutely love you guys. So that should come out. Uh, That'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, Troy, <laughs> housekeeping Yeah, speaking of YouTube, and this is one of the things that I know you say, like, please like it. It helps the algorithm. Please, uh, like, <laughs> like please subscribe. And comment. And comment. 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 Indeed. I'm going to say that. Comment. Um, but yeah, shout out to everybody on, on YouTube. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. That's our private pay program. Obviously, we have five different tiers that you can join at, and there's plenty of perks. You get discounts for the merch. You get access to EYL University, which is our online uh, school, which has grown at a, a tremendous pace, and we're so proud of it. We have a lot of webinars up there, over 70. Tons of content on pick an area. I mean, throw a dartboard at an area in finance, and there's a chance that we probably have covered it. If not, we're working on it right now. So shout out to everybody that's an earner on there. And shout out to everybody that's on our private real estate Facebook group. That is a community within itself. Um, the community has grown, and I love it because it's like they've taken on responsibilities within inside the community. And that's what communities are built on, everybody doing their part. So shout out to everybody that's been a part of that. Earners, I know we love you. Uh, keep supporting, and we're going to keep bringing the content. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Don't forget the merch either. You can um, get that on EYO or EarnYourLeisure.com. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hey, Canada. Peace. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.